At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Man, we're really excited to be here. It's awesome to get started. And so now we take off. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Otterman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. Day six of Steelers training camp practice, day two of which were in pads, started with backs on backers, a very familiar drill when the team puts on pads. And Mike Tomlin said after Monday's practice, the first of which was in pads, that you know, drills are football-like, but they're not football. What I mean is that someone has an advantage in a drill. I expect those who have an advantage to win quickly. I expect those who are at a disadvantage to fight and compete. Well, the first day labs, the advantage was on the linebacking side of the ball as the running backs and the tight ends had to pick them up. Today, or yesterday, excuse me, a little bit different. That advantage flipped. It was the linebackers' turn to try to keep up with the running backs and tight ends and coverage. And I like how... Um... You know, Mike Tomlin arranges this, you know, consecutive days. So it's not like a long time to fester or whatever. You know, first day in pads is traditional backs on backers. You know, uh, um, a rusher gets about a five to six yard head start. The running back or the uh, tight end is stationary. You cannot cut the rusher, meaning, you know, cut block him. So you pretty much, you know, you're trying to, you know, stop a moving car is what you're trying right. to do. Um, and so that's heavily weighted towards the pass rusher. Now, this backs, backs on backers that was yesterday was um, they, they do it on a field. They go off to a side field. So they have the whole field to work with. Um, and now uh, the, line, the rusher, the linebacker usually, uh, looks into the backfield and, and sees a back that he now has to cover. All over the field, no pressure on the quarterback. So, I mean, it can be, you know, four or five seconds. Um, and it's impossible. You know, you can't, um, you know, you can't hold them. You can't, you know, there's just, you know, you're, you're just running and chasing. And as I said, the quarterback is not in any, on, under any pressure. So he can wait for the guy to get open. Yeah, he um, pat the ball five times if he wanted to. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, it uh, it flips the flips the uh, advantage pretty dramatically. And yesterday, that's what that's what the Steelers did. And um, so, you know, as a 
as a pass rusher, you look in the backfield and you see, ha, ha, five, five eight Anthony McFarland, here I come. <laughs> then, you know, yesterday, you look into the backfield and go, oh, God, five eight Anthony McFarland, I'm going to run with this guy over the field. <laughs> yeah. So um, it, it was a different um, kind of different viewpoint of a similar drill, or at least it's called the same. And uh, it, it, the, the outcome was what you would expect. Um, for the most part, it was pitch and catch. You know, the, there were some occasions when the back would drop the ball or it was a bad pass. Um, you know, I saw like two instances. Ulysses Gilbert intercepted a pass, which you hardly ever see. Um, and then um, Jannard Avery knocked one down. Uh, but outside of that, it was pretty much uh, toast. Well, whoever has the disadvantage in this drill, whether it be you know the running backs having to take on linebackers one on one, no cut blocks, no help from anybody else, or the linebackers having to cover you know running backs in the open field for as long as the quarterback decides to hold on to the ball. When it comes to you know preseason action, regular season action, that's just going to help the linebackers cover running backs. It's going to help the running backs pick up blocks on linebackers. When you do have you know offensive linemen helping you out, you can cut block the guy, or you do have a pass rush trying to get after the quarterback. You know, this drill, it's kind of like swinging a baseball bat with a donut on it. So when you get out there to actual game uh, action, it, it can be a little bit, you know, easy. I don't want to say easier. That's not it's never easy in the NFL, but you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I really think that, you know, um, a big part of the point is that one sentence. And then like Tomlin quote, I expect those who are at a disadvantage to fight and compete. Right. So, you know, you kind of you're training the players to not allow themselves, you know, to go where I just was, which, which is to think this is impossible. You know, you're, tr you, you force them to try to find a way. And, um, you know, I think that that's kind of the attitude that you want to instill in, in your players. And as you build a team, you know, you want to have that kind of permeate, uh, the, well, not, not only the individual position groups, but you know, the unit, offense or defense as a whole, and then, you know, the team as a whole. I, I remember, you know, watching this drill, uh, Ryan Shazier trying to cover Le'Veon Bell. Mm. I mean, you talk about two heavyweights at it, you know, and I don't know that, you know, Shazier was with him, could stay with him for a little bit, uh, occasionally, you know, be, you know, right in the shadow, right, you know, right there. Uh, but if it was an accurate pass, you know, you tackle them right away. That's that's the best you can do. But, you know, you talk about two guys who, in their respective areas, Bell running uh, routes and Shazier covering backs. You know, I don't know if there's two better uh, added in the league at that time yeah. uh, in those, those respective categories. And, you know, having them on the same team and going at each other, you know, iron sharpens iron to borrow a Tomlinism. The reigning defensive player of the year, T.J. Watt, didn't participate in backs on backers yesterday when the linebackers had the advantage. That makes sense. You don't really need to see anything from T.J. You don't really need him to. You mean, let me just, two days ago. Two days ago. You're yeah. losing. Oh yeah. My God, you're nice. doing what I do. Right. You're doing what I do. You, you know, you, you have uh, it's you all know, the same. a camp fog brain. It's all the same. Every day is the same. Yeah. <laughs> We're in Groundhog, Groundhog Day, right day. Now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We're all Bill Murray. Uh, two days ago, didn't participate in backs on backers. Did you get any run yesterday if you were T.J. Watt, or did he hold him back again? No, he would. He didn't participate in that drill either. Dude. I mean, I, you know that that to me is um, 
you know, kind of like, uh, you know, um, putting a, a, a bright light under a bushel. I mean, <laughs> if, if it's a passing situation, I don't want T.J. Watt covering anybody. Go get the quarterback and help everybody else who's trying to cover people not have to do it for very long. Uh, so um, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to say that there's never ever a situation where T.J. Watt is not in coverage because you don't want you don't ever want the defense to really be able to load up on that and be sure of that. Um, so occasionally, um, you know, you, you have them cover somebody. But, uh, you know, the, the, uh, What's he going to do? You know, injure a hamstring or something? Go right. out trying to cover, uh, I don't know, uh, Jalen Williams? You know, that's just stupid. <laughs> so well, Mike- thank God he did not get any of those <laughs> reps yesterday. Well, Mike Tomlin spoke to the media following practice yesterday. We always like to give you his thoughts. So let's take a listen to Coach Tomlin right here on SNR. Man, I was really pleased with today's work. I thought the, the, the competition, the level of urgency – uh, was improved, and I think that's just a natural thing, man. Second day in pads and guys, particularly the new guys, getting c- accustomed to to the things that we do culturally and, and and the nature in which we compete under those conditions. And so, really exciting. It's going to be a lot to learn from on this tape. Um, not a lot to add from a from a availability or health standpoint. Uh, Najee can be described as day to day. All those other ones that we've been describing uh, as day to day remain in that category. Some of the guys that started. Um, on a variety of lists, guys like Alualu and Larry O and Minka are, are, are inching closer toward participation, and so we're excited about that. Uh, we'll keep working, um, but, man, this is a good environment today. Questions? Did Wallace have a physical ailment, too? He was sick. Did you sense on the final play of the one-on-one lineman that you could rub up the competition there, and that's why you held back a little bit? For- I just think this time of year, uh, reps for young guys and, and competitive reps, guys in similar stages of their career with like resumes, getting an opportunity to compete. And, you know, we're not paid by the hour, so sometimes I'll, I'll freeze time in an effort to get what we're looking for. Speaking of the offensive line after two days in Cavs, what are you seeing in terms of uh, growth or signs of optimism for the collective team? I don't know that I'm looking to be optimistic. I'm just going to keep snapping the ball and allow the growth to happen, and, and it has. Uh, but it's a reasonable expectation for it to continue. Mike, we heard you, we heard you call out 3-0 a lot in, in practice. What's he been doing to catch your eye in his reps? Uh, he appears to be highly conditioned, and I think it kind of starts there for a young guy. Um, we always say one man's misfortune is another man's opportunity, and so there's some short lines at running back. But if you're not highly conditioned, you're not positioning yourself to take advantage of it. And so um, kudos to him for coming ready. James Daniels had said one thing he's impressed with, getting to know his new line mates is their ability to communicate, even though a lot of them are young and learning the positions. They've said the same thing about him. Has that communication started to manifest into the playoff? Um, I guess they're better uh, positioned to answer that than myself from a communication standpoint. But again, they're growing individually and collectively. Mike, when we talked with Omar earlier today, he was asked about, you know, what would be a successful training camp for Kenny Pickett. He references growth. Are there kind of specifics you look for from him in that area? Playmaking. <laughs> you know, he, he's not a 7B. You know what I mean? Uh, we expect quality playmaking and, and, and a quick maturation process, and, and uh, we like the things that he's doing thus far. Mike, I know you like to focus on the guys in the field. We asked that more about Deontay. Is there a point, because you have two new quarterbacks, that he didn't have a lot of time with over the spring where it gets counterproductive to not have him on the field? You're exactly right. I like to focus on the guys that are working. I predicted that answer, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else? 
Mike, give an update on Nick Nichols and he's getting evaluated. Yeah, I don't have the results of that evaluation, but he is uh, being evaluated today. Well, shoulder. Coach, in terms of the intensity today, would you like that intensity every day or do you want You know, um, I like what I saw today. Um, I don't get too far ahead. Um, I like what I saw today. We'll take a look at the tape and analyze it with a fine-tooth comb and then plot a course in terms of how we move forward. That's Coach Tomlin speaking to the media following yesterday's practice, day six uh, of practice up at St. Vincent for Steelers training camp 2022. A ton of stuff to get into there, Labs, the running back, uh, the offensive line play he touched on. But I want to start with the quarterbacks because that that's what we love to do here. We love to talk about the quarterbacks. He mentioned Kenny Pickett. You know, he wants to see more playmaking from him. But the guy that I actually want to spend some time and focus on is Mitch. I, I feel like in all the picket excitement and Rudolph playing better than expected so far, Mitch has a bit been lost in the shuffle as far as talking about him. And unfortunately he has had some struggles in seven shots. In fact, I was reading somewhere that he has not connected for a touchdown in seven shots since Thursday's practice. So a bit of a cold spell for Mitch Trubisky. Is there anything to read into there or is it just simply a young offense that's pretty injured right now? Uh, I think that, you know, there's a little bit of a lot of different things. Okay. Um, you know, they, um, they, they are going against the number one defense, you know, the first unit. So there's that. Um, and Mitch hasn't been real sharp. Uh, and some of the things that, you know, like in yesterday's seven shots, um, one of the, well, two days ago in seven shots, what worked was, one of those shovel passes, you know, a tight end kind of drags across the formation yeah. uh, behind the line of scrimmage, and, you know, the quarterback's in the shotgun, and he kind of does a little something fake to the outside and then comes back and, you know, pitches the ball inside. Well, you know, that worked once. <laughs> you do it again, guess what? T.J. Watt was right there. And so, you know, I think that's part of that's a, a factor too. Right. Um, the the Some of the things that, uh, you know, may work once. I don't know that you go back to them the sec the next day, especially against a player like that. So uh, there's that. And, you know, as I said, you know, Mitch hasn't been sharp. The offensive line isn't really uh, settled and sharp yet. And so that's a factor because a lot of the times he's trying to do things, you know, either as guys in his face or, um, you know, somehow the, the the integrity of the play is either destroyed or um, you know hampered significantly by you know guys coming free or you know whatever it is and so it's just not a real smooth operation uh, for the first offense in a lot of situations from soup to nuts and uh, you know it's a lot of stuff that has to get cleaned up and uh, you know they're working on it I I you know I don't I'm not trying to make excuses. Uh, I don't want to be doom and gloom because, you know, the first preseason game is still 11 days away right, or something. Exactly. So, um, you know, there's certainly time for this. But, I mean, I think you would like to see a little bit more or at least a little bit of occasional success. Like you said, he hasn't thrown a touchdown pass since when was that? that I think you it was said? Thursday, Thursday. Last Thursday's practice, yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know that that's true. Uh, I wouldn't argue with it though, based on you know having watch, watching right. it every day, uh, because it has been you know I have been uh, in doing the practice reports. There have been it seems like a few days where 
in terms of who wins the drill, it's over in the first four snaps. You know, it's only seven. So if the defense wins the first four, that's it. Now they continue to, you know, finish it out and run run all seven. It's not like a, you know, a playoff series or something yeah. where you you sweep the team and it's over. But um, yeah, it hasn't. As I said, it hasn't been pretty. It hasn't looked smooth. Um, and why I don't know. I just know that that has been the case. Well, like you mentioned, the first preseason game isn't this Saturday. It's the following Saturday, about 11 days away. So they definitely still have some time here to, you know, get things a little bit more on track. But you definitely want to see it sooner rather than later. It would be great if today at day seven, Mitch rolls out with the first team and boom, boom, two touchdowns right off the bat. I'm sure that would make everybody from the coaching staff to the fans watching to the media covering field just a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, and I mean, it's, you know, you Again, you 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 want to see some kind of progress, you know, something. Um, and so far, as you know, you were mentioning, it, you really haven't seen a lot of that from that group and that drill. Now, beyond just the quarterbacks, you know, the offense as a whole hasn't been exactly stellar. Uh, defense has dominated the camp so far. They've won, I think, every single seven shots except for maybe the first one that they did. So, it's been a defensive kind of camp. Um, you know, you said yesterday and you've said before on the, the training camp report, you can look at it both ways. Oh, the offense is struggling or, hey, that first team defense is looking really great. Uh, I think we all know what to expect from the defense. Are you getting a little uncomfortable, though, with the offense right now? I mean, do you think it should be clicking a little bit more or is this just, you know, growing pains? Well, <clears throat> I mean, um, as I said, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, as I said, you know, you you know, winning the drill in, in uh, you know, in early August, you know, August 1st, August 2nd, <clears throat> excuse me, isn't critical. Right. But again, you do want to see some uh, progress, you know. So, um, you know, Mike Tomlin said, you know, I want to see them compete and fight uh, in talking about backs on backers. Well, you know, I think you could apply the same uh, phrase to that, you know, seven shots with the first offense against the first defense. You, you, I'm not saying that they're not fighting, that they're giving up or anything. I just mean, you know, you'd like to see a little bit more ebb and flow, a little bit more even, you know. Yeah, um, right. Out of four snaps, maybe, you know, <clears throat> if you, you win a couple, you know, or lose a couple, um, that's okay. But to get shut out, you know, a couple of three days in a row or whatever it's been, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I just don't think that's a, a um, you know, you don't necessarily heading for the Fort Duquesne bridge <laughs> to take a dive into the Ohio river or anything, but, um, you know, you would like to see, uh, something, some signs of improvement, um, you know, and, and manifest themselves in terms of success. Well, hopefully today's practice, day seven, you see a little bit more success from the offense. That practice kicks off at 1.55 p.m. at St. Vincent College, Chuck Knoll Field in Latrobe. we got a lot more to get into here on the training camp report when we come back. We're going to talk about no Najee in practice, so opportunity was knocking for running backs, and one in particular really answered the door. We're also going to hear from Chris Boswell after just minting his new four-year extension with the Steelers. So all that is on the way next right here on the training camp report on Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Opperman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. 
No Najee Harris for the offense yesterday, so that means some other running backs had an opportunity to state their case for a spot on the Steelers roster. Before we get into that, though, Labs, you mentioned to me in the break, Tomlin must have been praying to the weather gods last night because he is finally about to get that heat wave that he wanted. Yeah, right, a little spring in Mike Tomlin's step, I'm sure, today. Uh, sunny high 80s today. Uh, mm. Thursday, or today is, yeah, today's Wednesday. <laughs> See, there you go. Um, <laughs> Lose right. track. Thursday, Thursday, mostly sunny and hot, high near nine, in the low 90s. Uh, you know, Friday, well, Friday is Friday night light, so that doesn't count. Um, then Saturday, uh, high in the mid-80s. So, you know, it's, uh, it's Mike Tomlin weather, a little Mike Tomlin trough as the meteorologist might say, is descending on uh, the beautiful Laurel Highlands here <laughs> and uh, about to engulf the campus. Extra, you know, sweaty when you have to put those pads on as well. So I'm sure he's happy that, you know, he wanted the heat acclimation last week, but I bet he'll take it this week when the pads are out. Oh, absolutely. You know, you, you can see, uh, you know, I think that that's a, a test, <clears throat> excuse me, a test as well, how guys handle that, you know, does fatigue become a factor? How do they react to it? You know, those kind of things. Well, during the live tackling session yesterday, the advantage once again went to the run defense. Uh, Miles Jack and Robert Spillane both made their presence felt. Of course, you do have to note, though, that on the offensive side of the ball, they weren't us utilizing their greatest weapon, Najee Harris, because he had his foot stepped on on Monday's practice, was not participating at all in Tuesday's practice. So I guess you kind of have to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt, but... That run defense so far has really looked good early on. And, yeah, we could look glass half empty and say, oh, boy, another long year with that offensive line run blocking. But I'd rather focus on the fact that you're seeing Miles Jack, you know, fly towards the ball and help stop the run. He stopped Benny Snell for no gain right away at the start of live tackling. Uh, focusing on, you know, that is where I want to, you know, spend some time here because that run defense needs to be improved if the defense as a whole is going to take that step up to elite. And so far, Miles Jack has really done what the Steelers hoped he would do when they signed him. Yeah, you know, you, you look at last year, last summer, um, the, the Steelers thought they were really uh, adding to their inside linebackers when they made the trade for Joe Schobert. Right. I did as well, you know, because so much of um, the NFL now is having athletic inside linebackers because you need them to cover people. You know, you can't yeah. always um, have the time to match up, you know, change. And so, like, offenses now can uh, – force matchups with your inside linebackers in passing uh, situations that if you don't have inside linebackers who can handle that, or at least, you know, give it a good effort, you're going to get crushed. And so uh, I thought that the addition of Joe Schobert was another one of those, you know, athletic guys, sideline to sideline, you know, make tackles and stuff um, would help. But uh, as we saw, and it's not all Joe Schobert's fault. Of course I mean, not. Yeah. It was a combination of him, the kind of the style of player he was, you know, the injury to Tyson Alualu, the absence of Stefan Tua throughout the whole season. I mean, those were certainly significant factors as well. But what what I'm seeing so far in, in this camp is that maybe that the kind of linebacker they needed was more like Miles Jack. Mm -hmm. I mean, this guy's more physical. Uh, he's not as good in coverage, but he's not a, a, a stone liability either. Uh, and so 
uh, you can just see you know the way that the guy moves certainly um, you know sideline to sideline is 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 good but he can also stay in there you know in the middle in the traffic sift through some of the trash and when he hits somebody you know they're not necessarily always you know just trying to break the tackle and move forward for three or four more yards so yeah he has been a you know, I won't say a revelation, but you know, certainly an eye opener in terms of his ability to help the the run defense. And you know, I think that uh, Alu Alu is you know he's he's coming back. Uh, he should be on the field fairly soon. So there's that, and you know the the, the addition of uh, Montrevious Adams too, which was later in the season, um, is a help. Right. Uh, you know, he's not Casey Hampton. But then again, who is? And so, you know, I, I you know, when you're looking f- looking at this issue, you know, the run defense has been um, there's reason for optimism. Let me let me say it, let me put it that way. Now we're going to have to see how things work out when you're uh, facing an opponent that uh, you know it's not in a live tackling period where you know every play is a running play, and you know they're not going to um, you know opponents often. Um, purposefully try to uh, put you in bad situations with personnel groupings, et cetera. And none of that's happening at training camp. So, you know, I don't want to lose my mind here, <laughs> but uh, with optimism. But, I mean, as I said, uh, you know, we talked a, l- a little earlier about um, the first offense in seven shots and how it was a little disappointing and you'd like to see more and those kind of things. Well, I think you can kind of flip the switch and be optimistic uh, about the run defense so far because, you know, we have seen some things that are indicating that, uh, you know, it has improved and will Im- continue to improve. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungles closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to Land.com, find your open space, and get out there. Robert Spillane continues to uh, get sprinkled in with the first team inside backers, and he made a pretty decent stop on Benny Snell. That that guy probably is one of the hardest workers on the Steelers roster. They all work hard. They're all professionals, but he just takes it to a whole other level. And, you know, a couple years ago when he came in and everybody was like, who the heck is Robert Spillane? He can't possibly fill in for an injured Devin Bush. And, he did as good as he probably could uh, in his first go with the Steelers, and he's just continued to improve and really entrench himself on the team since then. Do you think this has gone beyond maybe just, you know, let's try to light a fire under Jack, light a fire under Bush, and say, hey, you, you're not just going to be handed this inside job? Is it more transitioning towards a serious look being taken at Robert Spillane uh, as part of that first team unit? Well, I think that it's, you know, it's going to be a situational situ- uh, a situational deal. Okay. Uh, you know, so much as, again, you know, Defense is, you know, starters, uh, a lot of different positions um, really doesn't mean a whole lot because it's uh, it has to do with uh, the particular opponent, the particular opponent's preferred method of offense, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. You know, as an example, you know, Robert Spillane uh, is a guy who I would think would see more action against a team like Tennessee that is run heavy as opposed to a team 
I can't think of one off the top of my head, but but might throw the ball 50 times. The Chiefs. Even if they're not – the Chiefs, right, the, even though they're not losing. Um, so uh, I do think that uh, it's, it's becoming a situation at inside linebacker. The way I'm looking at it is they have three, um, and that's a good thing. You, you rotate them and, um, you know, down in distance situations. Um, as I said, uh, to match up well against a particular opponent and their style of offense. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that it's going to be a situation where you're going to have two and play the same two all the time uh, every week, week in and week out. I think you have three and you use them according to situations and the particular opponent. Now, as we mentioned, there was no Najee Harris for the offense. He sat yesterday's practice out dealing with that foot injury that he suffered on Monday's practice. So running backs had the opportunity to step up. Tomlin always says, you know, when the opportunity presents itself, you have to take advantage of it. And the guy that you noted that took the most advantage of it and was the most productive yesterday was running back Jalen Warren. You're right. Um, um, Undrafted, uh, rookie. Um, He split his college career between Utah State uh, he spent his first couple of years there, and then his last season, he only played three years of college football. His last uh, season was at Oklahoma State. He rushed for 1,200 yards, you know, 4.8 average. Um, it's a really, you know, it was a really good team last year, too, at Oklahoma State. I think we should note that. Okay, I, I'll i take your word for it. I mean, because I <laughs> – No, I'm were, serious. I, you know, Big 12 – Big 12 football is not my cup of tea, and so I don't really. Oh, I know you're an SEC in the guy, SC, Labs. Yeah, yeah, I am, and that's my, you know, that's that's my go-to when I have when I have time on Saturday to watch college football. That's that I'm tuning into uh, CBS about three thirty. <laughs> right. um, but you know, again, he, uh, I wouldn't doubt it that he had a good uh, he that Oklahoma State was a good team because <clears throat> he certainly is a guy who, you know, he's okay catching the ball, um, but he's a good runner. And in the in the first backs on backers drill on Monday, he was he was willing, you know he participated. Um, he he stuck his head in there, stuck his nose in there, and um, you know I don't think you're gonna you know use him as a, you know he's not Derek Watt or one of those kind of guys who you put in for that blocking ability. But uh, again, he was not, um, he's not a liability. So you can't have a liability in the backfield and passing situations because you need, you may need help, you know, picking up blitzers or guys who get it free or whatever to help protect the quarterback. So Jalen Warren is showing that so far that he is a, he is capable of playing running back uh, regardless if you want to run it or throw it. So that's, that's a plus for him too, because you don't want a guy uh, who's, who you're going to depend on on a week in and week out basis, even if it's, you know, a small sample size for Najee, uh, you know, giving Najee a blow every now and then. If the other team knows, well, they can, they're not going to throw it when this guy's in there because he can't block me. So, again, he's showing enough um, in, in the different uh, aspects of the position. And as Mike Tomlin said, he's he showed up uh, in, in shape so that uh, when other guys are going down, he's there. He's He's at practice every day. He's working every day. And that's another way that a guy like Jalen Warren, you know, gets his foot in the door and then starts to nudge it open a little bit because the only way you get better is by working at it up here. And so if you're constantly nicked up and missing practice, 
you know, you don't have that opportunity. When they grade the video at the end of the day, they don't see you. And so, you know, you just kind of become uh, uh, invisible to some degree. And uh, <clears throat> Jalen, <clears throat> excuse me, bad throat morning. The, the humidity is getting to me. Um, he has been available, participating, and, um, you know, he, he has improved. So this guy, I think, has a, legi a, a legitimate shot at a roster spot so far. I think the Steelers have just done a tremendous job of having a lot of options across the roster at position groups that, you know, they're, they're kind of looking at a cornerback, a bunch of different things. Uh, you've seen it at inside linebacker. They're, they're trying a bunch of different things. Obviously, at the quarterback position, they have uh, several options. And running back, you know who's going to be number one. But as far as filling out the depth chart behind Najee Harris, I just think it's the same thing. they got a ton of options here. You know, you bring in McNichols, you have Jalen Warren, you have Snell and McFarlane, who you know, we're on the roster the past couple years. This, there's just a lot of things that they can throw at the wall to try to figure out who's going to be two, who's going to be three. And, and that's, a, that's a very good thing that I think a lot of fans are overlooking is the amount of options that the Steelers have given themselves. Yeah, and it's, as you mentioned, it's important. But, you know, let's, I don't want to paint an inaccurate picture here and have anyone believing that this is going to become a running back by committee team. <laughs> yeah, because it there's is no not. Willie Parker here. I mean, that... <laughs> Well, and not only is there, and when there was a Willie Parker here, Mike Tomlin didn't go with a running back by committee approach either. That's not his preferred way of doing it, and so um, it's not you know you don't spend a you don't spend a first round pick on a guy like Najee Harris and you know take twenty five percent of his carries away or thirty percent of his carries away. Uh, that that's just not a good usage of talent and draft capital. <laughs> and the Steelers aren't going to do it. And if you've been up here at all for training camp, you look at Najee Harris and you think, well, why would I ever wow. take that guy out yeah. of the game? So, um, yeah, but you do want someone who can spell him a little bit. You know, I don't know, if even if it's uh, a series, a quarter maybe, a series per quarter is what I mean. Right, right. Uh, you know, that you, you want to have someone – you know, who's a viable option. And uh, Jalen Warren so far is showing that he could become that guy. I uh, will see, you know, and I would imagine Jalen Warren's going to get himself a lot of action in preseason games because I don't, uh, I can't see a realistic scenario where uh, Najee Harris is getting 20, 25 carries a game in a preseason. I mean, I don't <laughs> even know, you know, maybe he would get two or three carries a game and there might be games where he doesn't play at all. Because, you know, what's the point of that? Um, so, <clears throat> um, yeah, Jalen Warren is going to be one of those guys you're going to see a lot of in the second half of preseason games. Well, just to update the fans quickly, Deontay Johnson continued his hold in. The pads did come on for Deontay yesterday, but he did not participate in team activities as he looks for a new contract. One guy that got himself a new contract extension, though, was kicker Chris Boswell signing a four-year extension with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was asked by the media about that extension yesterday before practice, and here is that audio. I'm glad we got it done, and, you know, we're still early in the camp, so it gives plenty of time to get back to work, and we have a lot more to do. I saw the picture of you with your other specialists celebrating. How good a feeling was that, the energy and the excitement they had? No, that's good. You know, these two bring a lot to the table, being so, you know, young in this league, and they've done a hell of a job, you know, perfecting their craft and definitely making it a lot easier on me. What was your reaction when you just got the call that, that it was all coming together, that you were getting the extension? How did you find out? Uh, it was good. Um... 
I mean, that's really all I can say. It feels good, but I mean, that's the way I look at it is that's a contract earned in the past, and now I gotta earn the next one. You're a pretty understated guy, but did you like jump up and down or fist pump or, or anything? No, I call my family and stuff like that, and called the girlfriend and just moved on. Uh, your family, your girlfriend, what does the stability of staying here for another five years kind of mean for, for that side of your life? No, it, it's, a, it's a good feeling, you know, because coming in, I only had this year. Um, and, you know, just to have that stability that I'll be here for the next couple of years, four or five years, and, you know, we'll just see where it goes from there and hope to be back for more. You were, uh, you were when we talked to you last week, you were pretty confident that this was getting done. It sounded like, was it pretty much in the works, good to go at, at that point, or did it come together sort of in the last week? Uh, it's definitely been in the works for, you know, since we got to camp, but, you know, all that's behind closed doors, stuff that doesn't even pertain to me, so I just let my agent do that. and get with Omar and they figure out the details. A couple years ago you had to, basically told you you had to kick for your job here. Do you look back at how far you maybe come from that point and what all you've been able to do? Absolutely not. I mean I just got signed but I still have to perform. Every day I come out here and kick every game I have I'm competing for my job because if I'm not getting the job done they'll find somebody to do it. So this contract means a lot to me but you know it doesn't have anything to do with my future and I got to earn that. Do you relish those chances to keep proving yourself. Oh, I love it. Um, I love proving myself, and I love proving myself to myself, not for anybody else. You know, just kind of build my own self-confidence and know I can do it, and I don't really care about what anyone else says. Any former players hit you up and congratulate? Oh, definitely a lot of former players. You know, Rosie Nix, Ramon, um, Foster, you know, those are just a couple that I can think of off the top of my head. I kind of posted that picture and got off of it for a while, so. Um, what about other kickers? Any other kickers in the league? Oh, yeah, a bunch of my thank buddies. Thank you for, for raising the bar here. For yeah, us. definitely. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's something, you know, happens every year. Every year someone else gets paid, raises the bar, and you see that with other positions as well. So definitely had, you know, a lot of my buddies throughout the league text me and congratulate me and thank me for their next deal coming up soon. That's Steelers kicker Chris Boswell, fresh off his four-year, $20 million extension that'll keep him in the black and gold for the next five years. Uh, Labs, you talked about, or excuse me, the reporters talked about stability when it came to Boswell and his personal life, but looking at stability at the kicking position for the Steelers and just around the NFL, it is so important, and I think the year when Boswell kind of had the hiccups in 2019, uh, that really illustrated just how crucial it is to have a kicker that you can rely on to go out there and nail a 40-yard field goal late in a game and for the most part save that 2019 season Boswell has been that and I would argue he's the second best kicker in the NFL behind Justin Tucker who's just a, a generational talent at the position well-deserved contract extension and I, I think it, it really works in the Steelers favor to have someone you can trust and have that stability for five years now absolutely and you know listening to him talk you know you could just hear uh, there was no excitement in his voice. <laughs> right. and that's he's just even keel all the time, and that's that um, that piece of him, that part of him, that quality in him, I think helps you know him to do his job. Uh, you know, he made that field goal in overtime in the last uh, regular season game that gets the Steelers uh, into the playoffs, and that you know that's the kind of you know you want an even keel guy like Boswell. Uh, holding your playoff hands or playoff feet playoff fate on his foot right. there it is um <laughs> because you know the guy is money he is uh, you're talking about a guy who pretty much i think he's like 89 point something percent uh for his career uh 
I mean, that's, you know, uh, that 90%. Uh, that's, that's insane, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the guy kicks at uh, uh, Akershire Stadium, which has never been friendly to kickers, never. No. Uh, there's the wind. Early on, there was the issues with the turf. Uh, early on in the in the stadium's life, uh, they've, they've got that fixed now, ironed out, by resawing the turf a couple, three times a season. Um, but, you know, it's... It's outdoors. There's winter in Pittsburgh. You know, there's all those things. He doesn't have a dome. There's no dome stadiums in the AFC uh, North. So, yeah, he's a guy that uh, you can really feel secure and confident in, for the most part, game in and game out, wet, cold, windy, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it might be in the northeastern part of the country towards the end of the calendar year. And, um, yeah, having him... Locked up um, is is comforting, but to me, what's more comforting is his reaction to it, which is very blasé, because that's you know I, I would like I would be interested you know to put a blood pressure on him, you know as a team as as the offense would be moving into um, you know field goal range in an overtime of a game that they they need to win, because I don't think you might even see a blip. If anything, maybe it goes down. I was just going to say, maybe his heartbeat um, slows down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, the, the, those are the kinds of guys beyond the talent, you know, the mindset, what's going on uh, from the neck up. Uh, it, it's He's just perfect. That kind of reaction and the way he handles things is just perfect for his job. Well, he'll be kicking for your Pittsburgh Steelers for the next five years. So happy that that extension was able to uh, come to reality. Got a lot more to get into to wrap up the training camp report, some injury problems that we want to touch on, the offensive line, the quarterback some more, and, of course, tell you about some of the festivities that are going on for day seven practice at St. Vincent College. That's all on the way next right here on the training camp report on Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Offerman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. Day 7 of Steelers Training Camp practice gets underway today at 1.55 in the afternoon. Day 3 in pads for your Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, there's not really many injuries to note, Labs, as far as you know, longevity is concerned. There's no one that's going to be on an IR or anything like that or threatening to miss some time in the regular season, at least so far. Knock on wood that that continues to be the case. But some of the names that are day-to-day really do jump out to you when you read Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, Levi Wallace, Chase Claypool, and then you know even some other guys that started on PUP like Tyson Alualu, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick on the non-football-related injury list, and Larry Ogunjobi, who I, I think you noted last night on the uh, DVE show that he's not technically on the injury report he just hasn't you know seen any action yet as they inch him closer to uh, getting back on the field Uh, again there's nothing to worry about there because all these guys have minor stuff that they're working their way back from but there's a lot of names and a lot of star power potential star power that's not on the field in this early going at camp yeah and I think that you know I'm constantly asked this um you know what do you think this year how's the team look you know those kind of things um and you know, health is going to be a significant uh, factor in determining that. Uh, the Steelers, uh, I think, <clears throat> have a, a decent 90-man roster. They're competitive, you know, in a lot of areas, but, you know, thin. Um, you know, there's just, um, as we saw last season, with a, a couple of injuries on the defensive line, it really impacted uh, the entire run defense because, right. 
the way that the inside linebackers were constructed and you know, the way that the defense was more of a you know run and cover sideline to sideline group you know you needed those guys up front <clears throat> to do a lot of that heavy lifting physically to maintain the you know so you don't get pushed around so you know there are definitely some areas like that again this season uh and you know, I think we'll get a better handle on which those are exactly, you know, as this camp goes on. Because, you know, we were talking, you know, about the running backs, the depth behind nausea yeah. and the options and all that kind of stuff. Well, it, it looks, it all looks good right now. You know, Benny Snell, Anthony McFarland, Jalen Warren. Um, but once you get in games and, and this process goes on a little bit, you know, one of the things you see about young people is a lot of them will flash early in a training camp, but then they kind of plateau maybe a week or two into it. Um, now what you, what you're looking for are guys who continue to improve, to get better, to show you more. Um, you don't want a guy to, to just kind of hit a wall and you know, then that's all you're going to get from him in terms of, you know, he is what he is on August 15th. I mean, that's, that's not a good situation to be in. So, um, right now, you can look at these things as Mike Tomlin does and say, well, that's a lot of good work for the young people. Well, yeah, there is. And because you need that, you need them on the field to be able to make some intelligent evaluations and decisions later on in the process. But, um, you know, you also need some of these uh, frontline guys um, to, to be there um, to, to mesh with the other frontline guys uh, you know, I'm, I'm specifically thinking offense because it's a totally different situation this summer as opposed to any in recent memory because you don't have the same guy at quarterback. You know, the receivers, for example. Chase Claypool, you know, for all we know, it's a day-to-day -day situation, um, you know, and, and, and it's going to stay that way. Uh, but you just never know. Deontay Johnson, um, is, when, you know, he's going to come back, but at what point and what will he have missed in terms of meshing with the quarterbacks? And then how does that impact him, you know, moving forward into the regular season when these games count? So there's a lot of moving parts. Uh, I do think that right now it is fair and even uh, accurate to look at it as uh, an opportunity uh, for other people to show what they have. But, uh, you know, I don't think you want it to linger, not only for the, those individuals that are involved, but also for the impact it could have on some of their other teammates. We just have a few minutes here, Labs, but I did want to ask you, what, in your opinion, should the fans be more desperate to see today in day three in pads? Improved, strong play from the offensive line or better quarterback play? Or can you simply not have the latter unless you get the former first? Yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, C. You know, if you gave me A, B, and C, I would yep. say C. Because I really think that, you know, that is, um, you know, interrelated. Uh, I, I don't think that quarterback play can be judged in a vacuum uh, away from, you know, the other 10 guys on the field with him at that time. So, uh, yeah, I, I would like to see some more uh, stability maybe from the first unit offensively. Certainly would start with uh, maybe – the, the, the front five guys being a little bit more uh, stout and um, 
you know, kind of allowing men, the, the, the skill position players, boy, the offensive linemen hate when you say that. Yeah, got to <laughs> get the skill skilled? position. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. You know, if you say that around Wolfley too many times, you're going to get smacked. <laughs> well, be careful. He um, might be on the line. You might have heard you say that. So Yeah, well, um, <laughs> hey, Max Starks is no uh, shrinking violet either. But anyway, uh, you know, and I do think that that, that kind of coordination – uh, among the units on offense is how I would phrase it. That's what I would like to see. I think we have seen enough of the defense do the things that you know you're going to want to see them do uh, this regular season. I can't say that I've seen that. I, I can't say that I would say the same about. We have seen that from the offense. Well, that'll do it for today's training camp report. A couple of quick reminders for uh, you fans heading up to Latrobe to St. Vincent College today. The Steelers legend that'll be featured for a photo op today is Rocky Blyer, so you definitely want to make some time to go over to Rocky, chat him up, and get a picture taken with him. We also wanted to remind you that Friday Night Lights is right around the corner. Friday at 7 p.m., practice at Latrobe, uh, Latrobe High School Stadium. Uh, no, no, Latrobe, Latrobe Stadium. Don't don't send them to the high school. We that don't want to send them to the high school. Place. All right, no. don't go to the high school. Go to Latrobe Stadium for Friday Night Lights. That's, again, this Friday at 7 p.m., one of the great traditions of Steelers training camp, so we're definitely looking forward to that. Practice today starts at 1.55, and Labs and I will be back again tomorrow at 9 a.m. to recap it all right here on the Training Camp Report on Steelers Nation Radio. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.